Hello, welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on LiveTo110.com. And I want to thank all you listeners that have uh, stuck with me. We're almost to episode 100. Uh, we're getting close to, you know, have been, I've been doing this for about two years, and it's been incredibly rewarding, and I've uh, really loved sharing with you um, all the knowledge of all these guests and uh, all the people that are coming on the show and uh, sharing their knowledge, and it's uh, really just a joy for me to be able to share all this information with you and learn myself. Um, it's just incredibly rewarding, and I want to thank all you guys for listening and making this possible. And, um, and I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday, whether you're celebrating Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or what have you, whatever your uh, your you know proclivity is. Uh, and um, I hope all of you have a, a wonderful holiday with your family and try to avoid the sugar and gluten bombs are going to be heading your way from auntie's rolls or from the pumpkin pie, etc. And I'll be here for you, ready to help you detox and get healthy in the new year. So any of you guys looking, uh, you know, just ready to get, you know, get ready, getting healthy, um, definitely come visit live to 110.com and I will tell you how. Uh, today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Deanna Munich. She hosted the wildly popular Detox Summit. Uh, many of you guys uh, that are regular listeners or readers of LiveTo110.com um, heard me mention it. Um, I'm uh, definitely right on my alley at the Detox Summit because LiveTo110.com is all about detoxing and surviving in our toxic modern world. Um, so I really encourage you guys, if you haven't listened to it yet, go check it out at foodandspirit.com. You can purchase the summit. And Deanna and I are going to be talking about my favorite subject, detox. Uh, you're going to learn the grave importance of detox and Deanna's favorite tips and tricks to maximize detoxification. We cover a lot of ground here. It's really, really interesting. And you can learn how to detox with food, supplementation, um, and many other uh, tips and tricks. Um, but before we get started, we have to do the disclaimer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. So please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we may suggest on the show today. And um, like I said, my favorite method of detox is my mineral power program. Uh, you can check it out at mineralpower.com. Um, it's a program I've developed over a few years all about, uh, using a modern paleo diet that's uh, definitely individualized to your food sensitivities, um, using uh, uh, tailored supplementation, custom supplementation to your body chemistry, um, definitely using lifestyle tips, sleeping a lot more, and detoxification protocols. Obviously, my favorite ones are coffee enemas and infrared saunas. So definitely check that out, especially in the new year. I'm hoping a lot of you guys sign up and get ready to get healthy starting January 1st. I think it's really, really important to use that time and motivation to get started on a health regime that's very, very effective like mineral power. And for those of you who uh, have been thinking about infrared saunas, I've done many, many podcasts on infrared saunas. Um, I am offering a Christmas special, a holiday special of $50 off the infrared saunas that I sell on the site. They're a little portable, a 300, uh, you know, typically $350 portable infrared saunas. They're near infrared saunas. So um, if you want to check those out, they're going to be on sale, $50 off throughout the rest of the year until January 1st. I think they make great gifts for the holidays. And also I think you should give one to yourself as a gift um, because we need to detox the 100,000 chemicals that are in our environment, the plastics, the PCBs, the dioxins, and heavy metals. Um, the infrared saunas are such a great way to uh, give a gift to yourself of health. And our guest today, Dr. Deanna Munich, is an internationally recognized lifestyle medicine expert and author of five books. Her 20 years of experience in the nutrition and functional medicine fields led her to develop an integrated whole self approach to nutrition called Food and Spirits, which you can find at foodandspirit.com. Dr. Munich received her, her nutrition education during her doctoral PhD study at the University of Groningen in the Netherlands, where she researched essential fatty acid absorption and metabolism. And she got her master's degree at the University of Illinois at Chicago, where she focused on carotenoids and oxidative stress. 
In 2014, she launched the Certified Food and Spirit Practitioner Program, got my little eyeballs on that, to provide health professionals with a practical way to apply the food and spirit principles in clinical medicine. She is the author of five books on health and wellness, one is called Quantum Healing, and she has also published 15 scientific publications. Her passion is teaching a whole self-approach to nourishment and bridging the gaps between science, spirituality, and art and medicine. Deanna, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Wendy. It's such a pleasure. Well, why don't you tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to do the Detox Summit. It was very ambitious. Well, um, my, if I look at my nutritional background and where I, I have been in terms of my research and what I have studied, a lot has really focused on detox. So for 10 years of my life, I was working on product formulations, working in a clinic on functional medicine approaches to detox. I was part of a clinical trial looking at women with fibromyalgia and detox regimens. I worked with Dr. Jeffrey Bland, who is really, I would say, the father of detox in many ways, especially nutritional detox. So I had the pleasure of working with him and, and really getting steeped in that information. And uh, just even now, I'm faculty for the Institute for Functional Medicine teaching on detox. So I feel like I've always been in the detox arena, but maybe I haven't always called it that. But it is this piece of really coming to terms with our environment, um, what we're eating, making sure it's clean. And it's it really, I'm starting to see detox in layers now where it's really going beyond food. Because I've just seen that clinically that that happens when we change our food, so many things change around us. So um, I think that the way that I've started to approach detox has changed over the years. So it's it's exciting. Yeah. So do you, uh, so you hosted the detox summit this year and you had, you know, over 30 different experts and right. so much expertise and knowledge. And I really enjoyed many of the sessions. So are you planning to do another summit next year in the similar vein? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You know, I, I was noodling on what kind of summit to put on. And I was thinking, I had a lot of different ideas but what I kept coming back to was that nobody had really focused on detox in a broad brush way. And I had even talked with Dr. Bland and some of my colleagues and, you know, they said this information needs to get out there. It may not be very popular in certain circles, but it's gaining in popularity and we need to bring forth good, credible information. And I think, Wendy, that, you know, even with your own detox program and your focus on detox, that. There's a lot of credibility issues around the word detox. You know, what does that mean exactly? Let's set the record straight. So in the detox summit, I had people doing, um, talking about nutritional biochemistry, really opening up with Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Bland, Dr. Younger, and, um, and Dr. Perlmutter. So having like, this grounded scientific basis of detoxification. And we even t talked about labs. I had Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, uh, Dr. Aristo uh, Vojdani, who was great in terms of detailing us on labs for toxicity as well as autoimmunity. So it was good to have that basis because many people don't know what it means to be toxic. And then from there, we went into talking about emotional toxins, talking about spiritual toxins. You know, who's ever heard of spiritual toxins? It, can that exist? What is that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's something I don't get into much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, but it's important. About, it's important. I, I think it, it does come up in some ways, and um, and what is spirituality anyway? But a sense of being connected. You know, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about what is our sense of purpose? What is our sense of being connected to the greater whole? And when people feel cut off, they feel depressed. They feel anxious. They feel like, what do I do with my life? And I think that detox programs, what they do bring out in people, besides just feeling better in their body, is it's almost like an internal reset in a body-mind way of looking at their lives differently. Yeah, I completely agree with you because I have, including myself, but so many of my clients, they start a detox program. My program is called Mineral Power, um, but they uh, they have this kind of spiritual awakening. Uh, people, yeah. they change jobs, they leave their husbands. They are yeah. not putting up with any crap anymore. You know, they are... <laughs> they are taking hold of their lives and making it what they want because their brain works better. Just they think more clearly, the brain fog yeah. goes away and they make better decisions for themselves. Well, I like what you said about getting rid of the crap, right? Yeah. 
you know, in a detox, a traditional detox, that's what we think of good elimination, working on the gut, making sure you have good bowel movements, but it's about the other crap too. It is about the relationships that are toxic that we're in that don't serve us, but we stay attached to them because we're codependent or we feel like we need certain things. But yeah, I totally agree with you. You kind of see that it's like a breaking open, you know, people just kind of crack open to really liberate their potential when they go through a detox and it doesn't have to take very long. Yeah. Sometimes people are just ready for it and it's just, they start it. There's that sense of community and support and they feel safe. And it's like, I can do this. And then they just really blossom. And then for other people, it's going to take a little bit longer, but they've already started in that direction, which is exciting. Yeah. And then, you know, there's definitely, you know, pretty um, significant detox symptoms that a lot of people don't like. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. About some of the symptoms that people would have. And, you know, a lot of people will start a, a detox and think, oh, it made me sick. It doesn't work. And you kind of, I feel, I call it, you have to walk through the fire to feel better and achieve health on the other side. Yeah. And I think that there's a balance of that. You know, there is this traditional idea of having to go through a healing crisis. And I think that there is a part of that, but it shouldn't really be such a debilitating crisis where people are laid up in bed. Then, then I think that there's something wrong, mm-hmm. that the, the detox is not being done properly or proper nutrients aren't being given for the pathways to really optimize detox in the body. So I do think that there is a happy medium. Yes, we withdraw from sugar. We start feeling low energy. It's like, what's my quick fix now? There is no quick fix. Now it's like we have to confront those addictions. So I think based on the detoxes that I've done, and I did do one called the detox challenge right after the detox summit, we had 3000 people be part of that. So we gathered a lot of data and what we found out now, this is interesting to me and I'm going to publish a paper on this, but essentially we found that it wasn't so much the physical things that people improved on. They did improve on those things and they came into the detox thinking that they wanted to improve their energy. That was like the number one thing. What they exited with after 21 days was better emotional health, Mm. which completely like if if you look at all of the ratings and we had them do surveys before and after the surveys on emotions were off the charts. It was the, the, the biggest improvement that we had was learning how to not eat emotionally. Yeah. Emotional eating is a huge one, especially because people are letting go of caffeine. They're letting go of sugar. They're letting go of wheat and gluten. And stress eating. Stress eating. It's stress eating. And it it changes your neurochemistry. So when we pull those things back, then it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, there were a lot of emotions connected to those things. And now I have to figure out what those emotions are about. And I think after 21 days, people get a good idea of where they stood. And, And I did address emotions in in the detox challenge, I give them an emotional log. So they're tracking, you know, where are you? And I dedicate just three days solid to emotions where we're talking about them because if we're not talking, we're not transmuting. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an experience. Yeah, I know. Comfortable with it. Yeah, I know. And definitely there's a big emotional aspect to detox as well, because, um, I myself have periods of depression and yep. I feel like it's from detoxification, a certain heavy metal or a chemical or whatnot. And yep. it's just maybe a couple of days, max a week. Um, but it, it, and I have many of my clients also experience anxiety and depression when they're detoxing as well. Can you explain yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, no, it's true. So I think that that can happen on two levels. I think it can be physiological and I think it could be psychological. There is a psychological detox that can also happen when we start letting go of things, whether it's food or relationships or jobs or just a a certain way of living. So, um, yeah, I think that there is this depression and anxiety because there's change. Anytime that there's change and there's always going to be change, we have to get used to something else. So that makes us a little bit anxious, like, okay, I don't know what to anticipate. This is new. I haven't experienced this before. And um, I don't know what the outcome will be. It's not predictable because I haven't seen the end of the tunnel, whereas I knew what was happening for me every day. And I think that that's what happens. I call these things food ruts, like a rut that we get stuck in with a car. It's like a life rut. And a detox is really about moving out of those ruts. It's getting to see things fresh. It's not always taking things away. Sometimes it's about bringing things in to allow us to see things in a very renewed way. And I think people do need renewal. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, let's talk a little bit about when people have detox reactions and they're laid up in bed or they get really, really sick. 
Can you talk about, um, you know, why some people's detox pathways can be blocked and what can be done about that? Yeah. Well, gosh, I just uh, put together a whole presentation on uh, nutrigenomics. Nutrigenomics is the fusion between nutrients and genes. And what we know about um, the human genome is that we cracked the, the genome. We cracked the code in 2003. We have sequenced the human genome. And now we're starting. And that was just, what, like 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago. That's not very long ago. And so what we're starting to put together is how do nu- nutrients and the things that we're eating, even the things that don't have nutritive value, how does it change cell signaling? How does it change our pathways? And I think one of the things that happens for people is that they do have genetic variability. So there are these things called SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms. And because detox as a body process is very enzyme-based, enzymes are proteins and proteins come from the DNA. And they need minerals to work. They need cofactors galore. Yeah, a lot of different things, uh, especially minerals. I'm all about minerals. So for some people, these systems are not very efficient. They might be revved up or they might be slowed down. And as a result of that, they don't have the full efficiency and the optimum amount of detox. And in fact, this happens more than not, quite honestly. And there are genetic tests where people can go and they can figure out how are my liver enzymes? You know, there's the phase one enzymes or the phase two enzymes. How do I measure up? You know, for me personally, I started looking into this because I have a history of cancer in our family, very strong. And in fact, you know, I had my genes done and I saw that I did have an increased risk for certain cancers. So then that caused me to start looking at my detox pathways. Well, what toxic pathways because maybe that's why I have a history of cancer in the family, because we all carry those same genes for yeah. not letting go of things that were toxic. And indeed, I had uh, changes in methylation. I'm sure that on your on your show and in, throughout your podcast, you've talked about methylation because it's a big part of detoxification. Yeah. But 66% of people, two and three people have some kind of defect and one of the biggest processes that is connected to detox. So no wonder we get cancer. No wonder we get heart disease. That's not the only reason, but it's part of the picture is genetic variability. So when you ask me, why is it that people, some people get laid up in bed or others just aren't detoxing well, they, number one, maybe they don't have the right nutrients to fuel those enzymes in the body and they might already be falling short. So yeah. what they, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a concept uh, floating around the, the genetic industry of over methylation and under methylation. And there's some camps that say, oh, it's in its infancy and other people that, you know, put a tremendous amount of stock in that and base their practice on it. Uh, what is your opinion about the concept of over and under methylation? Well, it's the principle of nature, right? It's yin and yang. I think um, it's very typical in the United States, at least, that when there's something good, then having a lot more is better. And that's not necessarily the case. I think we did that a little bit with vitamin D, where many people got really into vitamin D and they start to, started taking all these super high levels. Yeah. Uh, and there are side effects of having too much in the way of certain nutrients. So in a similar way, methylation is a very well-orchestrated process in the body. We don't want too little. It's the Goldilocks principle. We don't want too little we don't want too much. Too much can be connected to cancer. And it's been thought that maybe that's what's going on too, is having a dysregulation or an imbalance of methylation. Some parts are under methylated, some parts are over methylated. And we can't always control that. So what I would say here for anybody listening is to definitely work with somebody, a functional medicine practitioner, go to the Institute for Functional Medicine website, find a practitioner in your area, get a sense on where you stand. Because it's not just a one-size-fits-all approach, and you know that, Wendy. Yeah. I, I think that even with detox, we have to personalize it because everybody's very different, and that's not being talked about. People don't know how to personalize. We just get these diets that are out there without really thinking about the individual. You know, we're, we're human beings, but and we have 99% of the same genome, perhaps, but still that 1% can make us very different. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, individualizing nutrients because people need very, very different nutrients based on if they have a fast metabolism or slow yeah. metabolism or their genetic SNPs, et cetera, et cetera. So do you feel that, um, that, uh, what are your tips for trying to heal the detox pathways? Like what are your, um, your, your best techniques for optimizing detox pathways? Yeah. Um, I focus on 
Well, you're asking me three tips, right? Yeah, or a few, or just whatever. All right. <laughs> your, your top tips. Um, I'll, 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 try to, I'll try to limit it to three. Three is a good number. So number one, I, I think about the bowels. You know, if your gut's not working, you're not eliminating. And believe it or not, nobody wants to talk about this, but it's like one of the biggest issues with detox. It's one of the easiest, cheapest ways to detoxify is to um, simply just get rid of these things. So in that, we, of course, can talk about many different strategies, but that's the, the biggest one. And you have to get that going before you start working on other systems. Number two, to focus on the liver. Uh, the liver is the hub of many of these enzymes, although they are within the body. They're in the gut. They're in the skin. They're, they're all over the place, but they're concentrated in the liver. So the liver is the hub. So taking good care of your liver will make you a happy person. In traditional Chinese medicine, they even talk about the liver being connected to if it's stagnant or if it's not working well, a lot of anger. Yeah, you know, yeah. just a lot of rage. And it's like, where's all this anger coming from? Well, maybe you're toxic. Maybe there's a lot of stuff pent up. So liver is number two. And then number three is I like to pay a lot of attention to the skin. And uh, when I interviewed Dr. Stephen Jenis for the Detox Summit, he's a wizard at, you know, I really give so much credit to him because he is out there in the trenches of research to really prove and validate detoxification from a clinical standpoint. And what he talked about was his blood, urine, and sweat study. So when I think of blood, urine, sweat as the different compartment, and I would also toss in um, poop or stool or feces, whatever we want to call it, we, we still have to think of all the different compartments where these things can come out. And the skin is our largest organ. So sweating, you know, it was really funny. I think I was with Dr. Bob Roundtree and he said, Gym classes should charge extra if you're sweating because you're actually <laughs> detoxifying. Yeah. You're getting an added perk. So if people are going out and they're not sweating when they're active. I don't see. In fact, that's kind of my gauge. What I usually tell patients is whatever you're doing in terms of activity, just sweat. Make sure that you're sweating. Sit in the sauna if that's what it takes. In a sauna, we have one because after doing all the research that I have on, on what helps a detox, and in fact, even talking talking with Dr. Jenis, he said that Pretty much everything comes out in the sweat except for certain perfluorinated carbons. But outside of that, heavy metals come out in the sweat. Mm -hmm. um, different types of plasticizers come out in the sweat. You know, and they've done these studies where you put towels on people, they sweat, then they analyze what comes off in the towel. I mean, so the skin, the skin or any kind of sweating or ways to get some um, action liberated there. And so what are your favorite detox methods or protocols? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a fan of infrared saunas. Sounds like you are too. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there any other protocols that you like? Because there's lots of detox methods. I think a lot of them are garbage. Yes. Um, so what, and it, it, it does, it brings the detox, uh, you know, legitimacy down a few notches. So what's your favorite? Yeah. Well, um, I think first starting with food, you know, my background, my training, my academic career has been in food. And so you know, we all have to eat every day. We have to eat and we have to interface there. So first make sure that your food is clean. Um, and, and so that means a lot of different things. It doesn't mean just buying organic, even organic food is toxic, right? So it's about cleaning and making sure that you have, um, you know, mechanical activity, scrubbing off those, those resinous materials. So it's clean in all, all ways. So food is number one. Uh, number two, looking at the home, you know, the home is a representative of who we are, our environment, symbolically and also literally. And one of the things in the home that not many people think about but can be very, very toxic is water. Mm -hmm. We bathe in it. We shower in it. We wash in it uh, vegetables, products. We drink it. You know, it's everywhere. And uh, we need it for so many things. So just analyzing water. And making sure that you have a clean water supply, I think, is important. It's worth the investment. You know, yeah, that's why I, I drink bottled water and then I sweat out the plastics in my sauna. There you go. <laughs> that's my start. The clean water and then I have to detox the container. <laughs> so water is important. Um, and, you know, people always ask me about alkalizing water and all of that. You know, I think a lot of that is... Um, you just have to be very leery about gimmicks and just what is necessary versus what is kind of a nice to have. I don't think that all those fancy waters out there, you know, hyper oxygenated water. I mean, water has a certain structure. It's H2O. Yeah. Anything that's not H2O is not water. Um, you know, I have some pretty strong views on that just because I haven't seen a lot of science. But making sure that you have clean water in the house, I think, is good. Yeah. 
the the third thing, um, not everybody can buy a sauna, of course. Yeah. So, you know, in a sauna costs a good one, anywhere between gosh, like 2000 to, you know, up- upwards of like $4,000. But if you think about it, I mean, I've had my sauna for about eight years, eight or nine years, and I can use it whenever I want. I can uh, go and do a meeting in there, be on the phone. I can yeah. read a book. I can multitask. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I do social nice. media. I do social media. In my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you can just go on autopilot in there and it could be very meditative. So, you know, I do think that some kind of cleansing or some kind of bodily thing, whether it's um, dry skin brushing or, you know, doing something with the skin, I think is important. And, and as way of talking about the skin. I also want to mention personal care products, just doing an inventory. Like what do you have going on in your medicine cabinet? What are you putting on every day? Are you wearing conscious makeup? Are you using good hair products? If you're dyeing your hair, what kind of dye are you using? And you know, there are all those questions and even, yeah, even technology. I mean, we can keep going on and on, but you asked for three. So I would say food, water, and skin type of um, activities and things that we put on our skin, personal care products. Okay. And those okay. are all things that people can easily control without a lot of money. You know, the, the sauna aside, you know, you're going to buy soap. So why not make sure you buy the best soap? You're going to yeah, buy yeah. toothpaste. Why don't you buy the best toothpaste? So there are some things that are just part of our daily life anyway. And so what are your favorite ways to support, to support the liver? Because uh, one of my favorite ways is coffee enemas. Do you like coffee enemas? Well, I think for some people, they can be good. Yeah. It's just a matter of amount and who's doing it. Um, and, you know, not creating an over-reliance because there are some downsides. Not everybody can do enemas very effectively and yeah. there can't be things that can happen. So you want to be completely... I always prefer oral versus anal in terms of getting your nutrition in, if at all possible. But for certain people that are chronically ill and have other issues, that might be warranted. You know, I had um, a patient who had cancer who was going through a very, he had, um, you know, a very specific type of cancer where he was doing the coffee enemas and he was having benefit. So, and that is one way to propel toxins out. But I do like the idea of stimulating and getting things in from the mouth and then working through that way because I think that that's just how we're designed. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think coffee coffee enemas for everybody, but I yeah. think they're good for some people. They, they work well for some. Yeah, sure. I think so. So for liver, you know, um, liver likes things to rev it, to keep it moving. The, the liver is, if we were to personify the liver, it would be like the general of the army. You know, think of the immune system like all of the soldiers, you know, the liver is at their at the helm and saying, do this, do that. So if we don't have a good way of directing the liver and keeping it active, whether through physical activity, physical activity is great for the liver. And it doesn't have to be like this, you know, hardcore aerobic activity and probably something even a little bit softer is better. You know, there's all this discussion about what type of activity, what type of exercise is best? And I think that that is also a personalized discussion. There are certain herbs that are wonderful for the liver. So, um, and even if I think of foods, pomegranate uh, is great. Green tea, every day I have green tea. Um, And it's just because the studies are so incredibly compelling. And um, just even, we look at all the fatty liver that's occurring now in the population. This is an epidemic fatty liver. 30% of the population in the U.S., I'm sure. And, and, and it's, um, it's tied to type two diabetes. It's tied to metabolic syndrome. So if our liver is not working right in that way, um, yeah, it's going to get stagnant and stuck and fatty. So getting these herbs in things like milk thistle, milk thistle is pretty classic. You know, silymarin is a component of the milk thistle that seems to really rev certain pathways in the liver, which I think is good. Um, also stimulating the bile. Yes. So stimulating bile, getting that out. My whole PhD was on looking at the role of bile in the absorption of fat in people that had impaired fat absorption. So I know how important bile is. So things like dandelion, that's a great cologogue or something to stimulate bile and to get that out into the intestine. So, you know, there are various things that just kind of trigger and get things moving in very subtle ways. So I would say, you know, the herbs, there are certain nutrients as well, um, certain supplements that people can take. But I always, again, I like to start with food first, thinking of um, the pomegranates, the green tea. There are a lot of different foods that straddle both phase one and phase two in the liver. Mm-hmm. So we call those bifunctional modulators. And those are like, I call them detox superstars because they're, they're doing everything. 
they're doing everything. So those are some examples of, um, of ones that I would select. You know, a lot of the bitter greens are also good for the liver. Mm-hmm. Anytime you do a detox and also really good for bile formation and stimulation. So like arugula, chervil, um, beet greens, awesome for the liver because not just because of the astringency, but because the beets contain a compound called betaine, which helps with detox and actually methylation pathways too. Ooh, and those beet and dandelion greens are bitter. Oh, I know. When I eat they those, are. I'm producing a lot of bile. I better be. <laughs> well, the fact that you know that they're bitter is a good thing, you know, because there are um, some genetic variabilities in how we taste. And it's been shown that for people that are super tasters, and you might be a super taster where you're like, oh my gosh, it's so bitter. That can be a good thing because it might mean that your body is a bit more receptive to those compounds in terms of their activity. Whereas people that don't taste bitter, they may actually need more bitters. And there's a way to test whether or not you're a super taster. If you go to Amazon uh, and you can order the bitter taster strips and you can, it's a simple science experiment. Do you taste bitter? You taste the strip. Is this bitter? They put a deliberate bitter compound on there and it's been, you know, validated. It's yeah, kind of, I need to do that. Control. I need to yes. do that because I know there's about 25% of the population that's super tasters. There's not that many of them. Yes, exactly. It's a small portion. My dad used to always love telling me stories about that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, and I think in the United States, uh, we don't have enough bitter, bitter foods in our diets. We don't like bitter foods. And nope. there's a price we pay in our liver health. I agree. I absolutely agree. People wrinkle their nose at bitter foods. They like sweet foods. And these are the foods that congest the liver, just the opposite. So I think, yeah, anything that's astringent, bitter, sour, lemon, um, I, I think is is great for the liver. Yeah, drinking lemon water. I love drinking lemon water. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the detox summit because I think it's really important for the listeners to learn as much as they can about detox. And I think the detox summit is one of the best places to do that. Yeah. So can you tell us about maybe some of the more popular presenters uh, that were, um, you know, presenting at the detox summit? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I, I don't want to choose any favorites, but in terms of, well, actually the audience did choose their favorites and there were some that did come to the top of the list. Um, let me tell you what I learned and who I learned it from and what was most intriguing because I was sitting here like you interviewing them and just tapping into their brain and asking all the questions I've ever wanted to have answered. So um, I did like Kara Fitzgerald's uh, laboratory discussion and also Michael Stone. So Michael Stone is a physician, a medical doctor who works a lot with looking at just the, the physical signs. Do we need to detox? He talked about skin, hair, nails, tongue, eyes, just the obvious things that we can see. You know, do we have acne? Are our eyes just lacking luster? I mean, there are some things that we don't need sophisticated science for. It's just look in a mirror and we already know, or just tune into how you feel. And we already know that we need to do something about it. So he gave some really great guidance on what to look for in your body and like your nails, um, looking at marks on the nails or looking at the strength of the nail, all these kinds of great things. So I really enjoyed that. Um, then we had, um, now this is going to be a different one, probably Wendy for, for you, you, you might not expect me to say this, but, uh, I also interviewed, uh, a psychotherapist. Um, his name is Dr. Thomas Moore. And he wrote many books. Um, one of his books is called Care of the Soul. Oh, yeah, I read his books. Yeah. Have yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty, he's been out there for some time. And I, I wanted to bring him in because he had just released a new book, and I think it's called A Religion of One's Own. And he really got into this whole thing about what is toxicity? Maybe toxicity serves a purpose. And, you know, I grew up Catholic, and so there was always this preface of, you know, if you're toxic, you have to go to confession and you have to tell your priest, you have to tell the priest what your sins are, right? There's always this ridding process. And so what he was asking, he was actually challenging spiritual beliefs or just even our notion about toxicity and saying that we created the toxicity. Maybe it's a part of us and maybe we have to look at it as if we were looking in the mirror at ourselves as to whether or not we need a toxic uh, or a detox. We have to look at it like, what is it teaching us? And I remember he really challenged me because I was saying things like, well, maybe we have to keep more in balance. And he said, balance is a toxic word. Normal is a toxic <laughs> word. There's no such thing. It's he, he liked this term called wabi-sabi. And wabi-sabi in, Je in Japanese is essentially liking 
the imperfect and seeing beauty in what we would see as imperfection and having an acceptance of that. So he wasn't saying just sit there and be toxic. He was saying, let's look at the metaphor of toxicity. Why are we even talking about detox? When I was going to school back in the 80s and 90s, I never had a class on detox. But now it's like it's the latest buzzword and everybody's talking about detox because the environment is so incredibly toxic. So I like that because it kind of jars the thinking and it kind of gets us to think more philosophically about why is this happening? Uh, another talk that I liked very much, um, and then I'll let, let you ask me a little bit more about the talks if you want, but Dr. Alejandro Younger. So Dr. Mm-hmm. Younger, I, I actually work with him and I'm writing a book with him right now, but he's written a lineage of books and his first one was called Clean. Yes. And yes. essentially it's a detox book, right? And then he wrote Clean Gut and then he wrote Clean Eats. And he talked about his time as he was going through medical school, he was depressed, he had food allergies, he had other allergies, he was anxious, and he he was in medical school and he started going to the doctor to figure out what's wrong with him. That's, that's put, a very common story. It's very People common, right? So sick in medical school. <laughs> yeah. Medical school can be toxic. <clears throat> so he was put on seven meds and he was like, you know, this is not working for me. And he he went to India. He spent some time at a place in, um, I believe it was California or Florida, where they took him through a detox, where he just ate very pure. He was living very simply. And that spurred him on to do what he's doing now, which is his whole life and his whole mission now is about what healed himself, which was a, doing a detox program. It was like he needed that reset. He needed to see clear because he wasn't seeing clear anymore and he had all these medications. So I think a lot of the personal stories around toxicity, I asked all of the speakers what their personal story around toxins was, and each of them had a story. It's like we're all connected to toxicity in some way. Either we've seen somebody in our life suffer because they've had some issues with a chronic disease like fibromyalgia, um, multiple chemical sensitivity, cancer, various types, neurological conditions. You know, I wouldn't even say these newer conditions. You know, we have these syndromes that are appearing now that we didn't used to have. So it seemed like everybody was really in tune with um, a personal connection to detox and toxicity as much as knowing what they can do about it for their patients. Yeah. So what are some of the the lessons, really valuable lessons that you took away? Like some of the things that you learned, even after 20 years plus experience yourself and education and doing research, et cetera, what were some of the lessons that really blew your mind about detox? Well, um, okay. So one of them that I thought was great because it was very detail oriented was Dr. Joe Pizzorno. Dr. Pizzorno is a naturopathic physician, and he um, he's one of the co-founders of Bastyr University. Mm-hmm. So he's he's very, I mean, he's up there with Jeff Bland in terms of his knowledge base on detox. And, and naturopathic medicine is really, they get detox. It's not like allopathic medicine where that's a foreign, non-credible concept. Yeah. For naturopathic physicians, this is cornerstone to their practices. So Dr. Pizzorno, who is a naturopathic physician, came on and he talked about mercury, his whole talk, his whole interview was all about mercury and a a protocol to remove mercury. So that blew my mind because I stepped back and I was just listening because there are many ways to remove heavy metals. There are many ways to get rid of toxins uh, of various types. And he had a very um, rigorous regimented protocol that I was at the time I was taking notes. I don't have them in front of me to share with everybody. You'd have to go back and listen because it was very rich. It was very dense with Okay, after you've done this, then you do this. And um, very, very specific information. I thought it was incredible. So I love that. I love the detail. And I also had a lot of people emailing me after the Detox Summit because they they were starting to go in for their labs. They wanted to know if they were toxic. And Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, to come back to her talk, she's also a naturopathic physician. And she was talking about common labs that you could get. Yeah, let's talk about some of those. Yes. Um, so, you know, she was talking about red blood cell levels of various metals or just even looking at your nutrients, you know, and do you have enough zinc? Do you have enough copper? Do you have, you know, there are some basic things, you know, vitamin D is even important uh, for just acting as a hormone even in, in regulating various processes that are connected to detox, like inflammation. So, you know, there are some basic things. We can also, um, you know, just getting a complete blood count, 
You know, there is some discussion about high levels of white blood cells or certain types of white blood cells being connected to toxicity. So there was some talk about that. You can also get a hair analysis, which is, you know, she was talking about kind of the pros and cons of different tests and they're not all created equal, no, right? Because no. you're getting different information from different ones. And hair is a is not a very reliable one, you know, because this is dead. You know, this is long gone based yeah. on where, where, where you're cutting and what you're getting. Um, but urine is a common one. And uh, we talked about that versus blood. And um, yeah, we, we just kind of went through the labs. And I think that that's useful for people because, again, detox seems squishy. And most people do detox because they're lacking energy, but they don't know how that correlates to physiological parameters in their body. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe their immune system is all over the place, or maybe their um, their their pH um, is constrained, or they're they're having issues with that. So, I think um, her talk about labs was very useful. I like that one a lot. Just yeah, and, yeah and I just wanted to make a couple of comments about the hair mineral analysis because I, I use hair mineral analysis. I really like it. I, I started using blood testing as well recently um, because there's you definitely want to complement hair mineral analysis with blood yes. testing as well. And the hair is not the best reliable on the first hair test. Um, because a lot of people, they aren't detoxing, so they're not getting rid of metals on their hair test. But when they start a detox program on subsequent hair tests, you do see the metals start to come out slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, um, I think there's a, a lot of people that do have that idea that hair testing isn't reliable, but I think it's depends on how you use it. I think yeah. there's like, I have a lot of clients don't have any metals coming out in their first test and one would think it's not reliable, but I think it's just one of those things where you have to get them detoxing and then you see yeah. the metals coming out. But, it, but a lot of, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people do, um, it is good to do, uh, a, a, metals push test you do a urine or uh blood push test where you're taking yes. the synthetic chelators and yep. i think that does grab a lot of stuff that's superficial um so it seems like there's more more metals coming out um when it's Agreed. really just more superficial but it, it it takes years i mean it takes years to get rid of all your heavy metals and then in the process of doing that, you have to prevent just retoxifying right it's like you're trying to remove it but at the same time you don't want to like add to yeah. So it, it's like a constant iterative process. Yeah. And I think on initial tests, you're not going to see metals that are in your deep in your brain and deep in your liver. And, mm -hmm. you know, it takes, uh, you know, just it's, you can't just do one test and be like, oh, this is the metals that I have. It's, right. it's a process and you have to continue monitoring for years while you're on a comprehensive detox program. Yeah, well, and the body is really smart. And what the body does with metals is it sequesters metals. Yeah, it keeps yeah. them attached to things. So being that they're attached to things, they, they're not readily seen in body compartments unless you give something to liberate them, like you're talking about a chelator, something that will just attract it. Uh, when I was working at um, the supplement company I was at, we did some work on what increases the body's protein manufacture of what's called metallothionine. Yes. So metallothionine is one of those proteins that's floating around in our blood that our body makes that gloms onto these heavy metals. And there is a relationship between increasing metallothionine levels in the body and increasing the excretion of these metals into the urine. And we, we saw that in, in the literature. And some of the herbs and some of the things that did that were um, pomegranate, back to pomegranate, uh, Andrographis was another one, which is an ancient herb that's typically used for lung issues. But like many of these plants, they have what's called pleiotropic effects, meaning they don't just work on one system, one gene, one enzyme. They have a web-like effect, just like food does. I think that we're just acknowledging that from a science perspective. Uh, one other thing that was really good for metallothionine and also helps with binding metals and carrying them out is turmeric. Mm, yeah. And within turmeric, you have curcuminoids, and that's the active piece that really does help to upregulate the liver, upregulate metallothionine. If I was stranded on a desert island and I knew I had to like keep clean uh, from a food perspective, I would want turmeric with me. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would say broccoli. I would say no way. It would yeah. be turmeric because 
it's got so many different activities, even beyond detox. It's yeah. fantastic, as you know. And do you, are you a fan of eating the whole food, like uh, the turmeric juice or, or more of the active extract, the curcumin? Because there's some people that say you need all the, you know, supporting, uh, you know, vitamins and enzymes and the whole food as opposed to just using the extract. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And my answer is yes. Yes, meaning all of it all and of it. variety. And and I do think it's good to have the whole turmeric root and sometimes to just slice off a piece of that turmeric and toss it into a smoothie and blend it up. But it's really hard to have a concentrated amount of those efficacious compounds in a live root that's not concentrated. That's why people take supplements because things are concentrated. Yeah. So I think for the average healthy person, doing some of the fresh turmeric root is great. But I think for the, the average person that's not very healthy and that is very toxic, they're going to need a concentrated amount. What, so there are, what curcumin do you take? Yeah. So there are many different types, right? So number one, let me just comment on um, just spices. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't always have to be a fancy, high expensive supplement, but just taking, looking from the whole root now into the spice and make sure that you get really good quality spices because Spices tend to be contaminated with metals because they typically grow from roots that are in the ground absorbing a lot of these things. So I like a lot of different companies. I've checked them out like Simply Organics, uh, Frontier is okay, um, Teeny Tiny Spice Company is one of my favorites. And they don't even put, they, they store the spices in a non-plastic um, container. And they even put a recipe on top. It's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's all organic and very conscious practices around spices. So that's what, that would be the next thing that I would choose. And I put turmeric on everything. I put it in my smoothie this morning, even though it was like a banana detox powder shake. I, I, I toss in more. I toss in uh, the turmeric. And I also toss in ginger sometimes, sometimes cardamom. But I think that spices are one way to detox that people have not really acknowledged. But you've got a, a pharmacy right in your kitchen now. Yep. Your spice rack, right? And then from there, I would say, um, and also there are some tips about turmeric and how to potentiate its effects. One is to include a little bit of oil. So if you have the turmeric spice, and think of Indian cooking. Typically, they put the spice in with oil and they apply heat because it opens up the spice. It actually makes it more aromatic too and, and good from a culinary perspective. But medicinally, you're doing something there too. So oil plus turmeric is good. Um Oil plus turmeric plus black pepper is even better. The piperine compound in black pepper helps to keep the curcumin active in the liver for longer. Mm. So not many people realize that. So adding pepper in with your curries is a very good thing. Mm. Yeah, I, that's why I love pepper instinctually. You do? Ah, <laughs> I put okay. pepper on everything. <laughs> and plus it stimulates absorption of nutrients. Oh, so just okay. in general, you're exp- just like pepper is, you know, it's very it's very pungent, right? And it has that activity in the body. So that's good that you're, you're drawn to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, to, I love that you say that you have to be very careful about what spices you choose because they're sitting around long enough, they grow aflatoxin. And yes. it's like any plant that's in, a, in the ground, anything that really absorbs nutrients, any herbs, they really absorb heavy metals too. So you, I think it's prudent to go with companies that test for metals in their products. Absolutely. Ask them the hard questions. And spices are overlooked in people's cabinets. They kind of forget about them. They don't replace them. They're not using them as often. So then they stick around longer. The shelf life of spices range anywhere between six months to two years. If they're ground up and they're more exposed, they're going to be more susceptible to decay. If they're like a cinnamon stick or a twig or, you know, in dried form or even um, like rosemary dried versus ground up is going to be much more, uh, it'll have a longer shelf life. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh, I have some ancient saffron yeah. in my, my, my spice cabinet. Oh, okay. <laughs> there forever. <laughs> and I'm like too scared to use it. <laughs> you better hurry up and either use it or lose it. Yeah. When- <laughs> well, Deanna, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your depth of es- expertise. I was so jealous that you hosted the Detox Summit, and I thought it was just such a brilliant idea and, and so uh, timely and needed because, uh, uh, you know, our world is so, so toxic. So I really appreciate you uh, contributing that, you know, into the health sphere and the blogosphere. 
Well, let's get you over into whatever detox things that I'm doing next year with our team. Uh, we've got a number of different detox events, so maybe I can interview you and have you be part of sharing your knowledge to to them as well. That would I be- would I would be honored to do that. Thank you. That'd be super. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you know your about yourself, your website, your future plans. You have a beautiful website. I I just it's gorgeous. Like it? uh, yeah. I like color, so I always want to make sure everything is hyper real color. <laughs> Um, so my website is foodandspirit.com. And then I also have a program for health professionals, and that is foodandspiritprofessional.com. So the certification that I offer, it, it really helps to integrate physiology and psychology for the average practitioner because many people don't know how to integrate them in a way where it's systematic and there's a framework. And I do use color for that purpose. And even within that uh, training, there are advanced modules like doing detox in this very integrated way. So I have a lot of just programs for everybody to do. We have one in January. Um, it's called Full Spectrum Detox, and it's one of those New Year quick seven-day, you know, just a power cleanse of just kind of resetting for the new year. And then I have the longer one, which is in the spring. And then, of course, we'll do a summit uh, at some point and have you on it. And uh, you can be can connect with all these people that are really interested in detox. And there are so many of them. We had about 70,000 sign on for the detox summit. So that just uh-huh. shows that. And that was in the summer when not many people are around. So can you imagine we have it at a time where People are available, they're active, they're, you know, springtime is such a great time to, to think about detox as is the fall. So maybe we'll do it at that time. Yes. Yeah. If people need to do their spring cleaning. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> In and out. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about your books? I was looking on your site oh, and yeah. you have a few books uh, to offer. They look really interesting. Yeah, I, I actually just have them right here. Um, I would say I have four books. And um, the one that would probably interest your listeners, I have a small food additive book, which is called An A to Z Guide to Food Additives, Never Eat What You Can't Pronounce. It's just a really small little pocket book. Um, but I think that the other one is this one, The Complete Handbook of Quantum Healing. I like this because I'm like a very practical reference person. And I just I'm kind of no nonsense in that way. So I don't beat around the bush. I I mean, I have like protocols for like a hundred different conditions based on nutrition, um, flower essences, visualizations, meditations, supplements. And I just put it all within this, this book actually just, you know, there's even one for toxicity, an entry for toxicity. If you think you're toxic. So, and I do believe in a more well-rounded approach to addressing health. You know, it can't just be food and supplements. We've got to go beyond that and look at a full spectrum you know, broad brush, because not everybody will respond the same way with food. They might get a bigger impact from doing a daily walking in the forest or a daily connection on the phone with a friend, or, you know, we just have to find what unlocks healing for that person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I was really looking at the book Quantum Healing. I thought it was really, really interesting. I'm going to have to we'll send you a copy. Oh yeah. I love that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Deanna, again, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, we'd love to have you back anytime you want to talk shop, talk detox. <laughs> okay. All right. And I, I would ask the same of you. We'll, we'll definitely stay connected. That would be lovely. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to the live to 110 podcast. If you want to go on my website, live to 110.com, you can learn all about my version of paleo, the modern paleo diet, just a whole foods diet where you uh, tailor it to your food sensitivities. Uh, you can sign up at live to 110.com slash sign dash up. You can get uh, copies of my free books. Uh, pretty soon the mineral power e-guide will be up there. Right now you can get the modern paleo survival guides and you can also get the uh, live to 110 by weighing less e-guide. It's been about six months writing that little free e-guide, really a labor of love. So definitely give that a look and thank you so much for listening to the live to 110 podcast. Bye everybody. Thanks, Wendy.